Because you've both been in relationships on TV. Yeah. How real are the relationships? But I think it's sort of very much a, feels like a PR uh, when you come out of Love Island. For people that are kind of, there wasn't a natural draw, you're kind of pushed in a direction, go on a date with this person, you should speak to this person, don't speak to that person. Love Islands, they literally just clip whatever sort of like couple they're trying to follow. How you come across is not really in your own hands. Say you were 22 now, yeah. same situation. You got asked on TV, would you still go on? Uh, no. Welcome to Inspired By, the show that brings you inspiring stories from inspiring entrepreneurs with a twist. Now, I believe that every successful entrepreneur and celebrity on this planet has an inspiring story and they have stories that they haven't yet told. Not because they don't want to tell the story, but because they haven't been asked the right questions. So my job on the show is to ask the real questions so that you get the real answers. Now, with that in mind, let's get started. Miles, Charlie, welcome to the Inspired By Show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Do you know what? I was going to say, welcome to the studio, but it's your but studio. It's our studio. <laughs> Thank you. So it's great what you've done with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like the new sign though. Yes. Amazing. And the uh, the mics, I think we're going to have to add this to the, the list of uh, things to get for playtime. Yeah. This is a nice little that is a nice little touch. We, we keep on following suit with everything you get for the studio. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, You're one, one step ahead. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. It works. Well, it's great having you both on the show. So for full transparency, this is the first time I've ever had two guests on the Inspired By show. And um, we've obviously just recently started working with Playtime Productions, which is really exciting. So mm -hmm. we thought it'd be good to get you guys on the show. Yeah. Now, as you both know, concept of Inspired By is all about sharing your inspiring story. And I'm quite curious to see how this is going to go with two people, you know, delving in, sharing a little bit. Um, and I know both of you have been in front of cameras before, so you don't really need me to tell you how this works. Yeah. I would love to start off with both of you are known as many things and have done many things, but both typically more on the public eye with reality TV. So I'm curious to start there. What got you into reality TV? Do you want to go first? You, you go first. No, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> so... um. I I guess I've been friends with people that have been on uh, Chelsea for a while, like yeah. Miles, Harvey, before I was friends with Miles as well. Um, and it's kind of always been like something in the background there. Um, I was working in um, like real estate. I was like an investment analyst for a uh, quite a big company. Really great job. Um, but I kind of came to a crossroad where... I wasn't really enjoying it. I was looking to change jobs. I was approached about going on Love Island. I think it was like the third year in a row on Instagram. Um, and I was like, why not? Let's let's have a conversation. Um, and then sort of within the space of about a month, everything moved very fast. And they were like, come on. I was like, why not? Fuck it. Sorry, I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and uh, next thing I know, I'm on, I'm on TV, yeah. No way. Yeah. So it happened really, really fast for you. Yeah, very fast, very fast. Wow. Um, it was so funny because you yeah. were like, it was when we were training in the gym and you then stopped drinking, going out. We didn't see him going out at all. And he was like, step, step master every day. What yeah. are you training? He's trying to try to get shredded. And we're like, why are you getting so ripped? You'll see soon. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I remember there was a phase where I did, I hadn't told anyone. Yeah. I, I was just like, I wasn't. I wasn't seriously considering doing it. I was kind of just going through the motions. And then it got to the final bit. And then you basically knew someone who was like, had interviewed or something. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh. Saw Charlie in there. Yeah. And <laughs> I you was were like, like, you were like, what? 
Charles not me. Why have you not told me? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, so, were yeah. Toy- you were toying with it as well. You were like, you went back and forth of wanting to do it so long. You were like, should I do it? But my career in like, obviously in the city will, you know, maybe I won't get another job after this or whatever. And, 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 yeah. like, and I think our advice at the time was like, it's a one lifetime experience. You've got to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and and you smashed it. Well, I didn't quite smash it, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and like Miles said, it was massively sort of weighing up whether I, you know, I built up this quite like quite good corporate career, done loads of studying, did a master's, did a professional qualification, all of this. Um, and it was almost do I completely take a U-turn and do something that's like a massive risk? Um, and yeah, it was like amazing opportunity, I think. Um, and yeah, I think I've, I've like grown a lot and learned a lot about myself, what I enjoy, what I want to do since then. So um, despite only being on there for a short amount of time, like it's pushed me in the right direction of where I want to like be and what I want to do now. Wow. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I'm so interested to dive into more about that because I think with obviously you've both been in reality tv in different ways but with love island i always find it fascinating because you don't know how long you're going to be on the show Mm. so you like you know what do you say to your job sorry guys i'm about to go on a tv show that can't tell you about Mm. i might be a month i might be a week i might be three months and be gone for the whole of summer yeah well for me i I literally resigned yeah yeah yeah. um because i i was basically looking to move jobs this came around i was like look i'm not gonna I can't just like say I'm going away. I don't know how long I'm going to be away for. Um, so it was kind of like a natural thing for me to be able to do that at that point in time. So it was it was kind of like a timing thing that coincided, which made it possible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I was like kind of shitting myself resigning from a, from my job to go on a TV show. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was a wild experience. Like the whole thing is just like, it's like being in a social experiment in effect. It's quite different to other reality TV in the aspect that it's kind of, um, you can't really foresee what's going to happen or like it's not, uh, it is produced, but not as produced in terms of like storyline. Um, mm. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild experience. Um, definitely like a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, mm, amazing. And so you mentioned there that obviously when you first got the opportunity, yeah. you were hanging out with people who were already in reality TV. So Miles, you've been in reality TV for longer then. So were you in it before you met Charlie then? Oh yeah, I've I've been in this old slug for six years now. Oh my god, <laughs> is it six years? Yeah, six years. Yeah, mad. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, in a way, kind of a similar story, how you get into TV as well. Um, I was, I actually had my own marketing company that I had made with my friend and we would renovate in um, cafes that weren't working in London and we turned them into bars because their spaces were really big. Um, and we did this one project called the Albrook Bar um, in Fulham. And um, I was working there and we renovated it and we you know, revamped it. And then a director from Chelsea came in because they wanted to film there. And then they saw me and I said, yeah, we can help you film here, you know, managing that for them. And then I got a call two minutes later saying, hey, thanks for showing the space, but we'd love to see if you'd like to come in and interview before coming into film to come from Chelsea. And the reason why also, I mean, back then I had really, really long hair, blow dried bag. I had a shirt and jacket, 
um, Chelsea Boots. Brazilian braid pleasure. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> not at that time. <laughs> now I do. Sorry, a bit of context there. I just realised uh, we, we haven't spoken about this podcast. Basically, Mars has got... Uh... You can help me again today. <laughs> Yes, I got a blizzard. Uh, we can't say it today. Brazilian blow dry. Brazilian, sorry, do you feel like I'm out on you doing that? No, it's fine because people know about it now. No, no, no. The thing is, like, I think it's it's nice. Thank you. I think it's uh, you should own it, mate. I, I am owning it. Yeah, Thank you for. Well, you fucking own it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I um, where are we? <laughs> so sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. No, so yeah, um, I I looked very Chelsea. And I spoke, I, if you think I'm posh now, I was back then. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, well, I was 22. God, I was so young. And What, did you have more of a posh accent? Mm. Really? Yeah. Didn't look, couldn't, couldn't picture that, mate. Yeah, it was really. Was it quite put on or was it like more just from your school and stuff like that? Um, Probably more to do with my friendship circle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, weird enough, it was way more posh back then. And if you look at, if you watch my first episode, my accent is weird. Really? It's like, yeah, so of course, and uh, that was so bad. Um, and then, yeah, then I thought, I remember calling my dad, because I said no when they offered the opportunity. Because I was really excited about my marketing kind of company that we were creating. And we did this first job and it was amazing. And we had an amazing turnout. And I was like, oh, I've got my own business. Um, and then I called my dad. My dad said, just do it. Who knows what could happen after it? And here's me thinking, okay, I'll do like one episode and then, you know, they'll forget me. And then six years later, I'm still here, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after obviously you met Charlie through one of your best mates who's on the show as well, Harvey. I knew him for a couple of years when he was on the show. And then, um, you know, I think going from that experience of taking that leap to do a show like this when you have kind of a normal lifestyle, mm. I always say like, if you hadn't done it, we wouldn't be doing Playtime Productions. We would have not done Playtime Podcast, first of all, to then make, build this company. And, you know, and mm. yeah, it's crazy. It's a bit of a crazy lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, That's what I always find really interesting because a bit of backstory, which is going to sound really weird because I've known you guys for a couple of months now and not actually ever told you this, but I actually watched both the TV shows you were in mm. when you first went on. Like I didn't, I used to watch Love Island loads, used to watch oh, wow, Main Chelsea loads. Yeah. And I was, since working with you guys, I've been like thinking back, like, did I like them? <laughs> probably like, not. I'm not going to lie. You probably <laughs> did not like me. Back then, I was a little rascal. I remember, yeah. Great, and, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, you see people, and this is what I want to talk about. You see people on camera and people make an assumption. Yeah. Which is the, whether it's a character they're playing or not, that some people do expand their personality, shall we say, when it comes to being in front of the camera. Both of you didn't pitch yourself. Both of you, by the sounds of it, got pitched too for Chelsea, mm. for Love Island. Was it as you expected? And what have you learned from being on, on camera? Now, I just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode to share a quick message with you. Now, I've been hosting these interviews with Inspired by Show for a while now, and I've been loving all of the great feedback from our listeners. And it really means a lot when you all share from listening to these episodes, watching these episodes, share your incredible feedback. And I love that you love it as much as we do. Now, my mission for the Inspired by Show is to inspire others to challenge the norm, share their story, knowing that it's okay to be vulnerable and shock horror, take the mask off and be raw and real. So I have a favor to ask. 
Can you help me on this mission by sharing this episode with someone who you think needs to hear this message? Maybe there's a friend, a loved one, a colleague, or someone that you know that would really benefit from hearing this inspiring story. If you could do that to help us help even more people to challenge the norm and push themselves out of their own comfort zone, then I'd really appreciate it. So if you haven't already, share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a colleague, or someone that you know would benefit. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I think that's really your point with the, um, you know, how you come across because what you'll realize with all of these tv shows is for like say even like a three-hour filming slot on something like chelsea you get like a 30 seconds of worth of like yeah. airtime um love islands they literally just clip whoever whatever sort of like couple they're trying to follow so it's it's very much like it's not your sort of uh how you come across is not really in your own hands mm-hmm. as such i don't think um so that's something that people should really think about and consider and i would say anyone that's thinking about doing these sort of things should think about before they do it um do you think that's quickly just to go on what you were kind of saying as well it's interesting though do you think there's a difference between someone who wants to be on tv and who gets approached because us for example yeah you never it before were thinking oh i want to go and do yeah Love Island. you got approached on the third time like why not i got approached never thought i want to do tv and then i was like oh maybe i should do it and i did it it's interesting to see like i've noticed there's probably quite a difference between people that we actually know who want to do tv how they are and how they manage the tv world comparing the people that I know who just got approached and then they ended up on it. And there is a very big difference. Yeah. Some are more humble, some are not. (laughs) Yeah. I That's us, baby. (laughs) In this very humble moment. (laughs) Wouldn't say so myself. Yeah, I must say. We Uh, are saints. (laughs) Yeah. I think um no, you're right. I think uh, the people that tend to I think most people that try and get on TV normally don't get on TV though. Yeah. Right? They get I mean they try and try and try and they do end up get, get on TV. Well, it, yeah. Mm, I don't know. We're, like, <laughs> I mean, you can start talking names if it helps you to both be on the same page. Okay, I'm calling you out now. No, you know. um, no but like, I feel like there's... You know what it is? I think in London especially, every time we've gone out, if it's, you know, going out clubbing or parties or bars and then we meet people who come up to us and you know, talk to us about the show and reality TV and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a very, the, the the thing that I've realized the most is the people who are, let's say, haters or who are kind of like, oh, that's something I'll never do, whatever, are the ones who want it the most um, and who fake it and pretend like, oh my God, I don't, I don't really care about it, but actually watch it, mm. who really, really want to be on it because they see this lifestyle that we live that is only a short edit on the TV screen or on their phones and what they see on our social medias. Um, and I think going back to what you just said, if you are going to want to be on reality TV, you have to really think about it. Mm. Because, and the reason why I brought up the whole thing about being approached and not being approached is because when I went on TV, I was super naive. So first of all, I was younger, I was 22. I was excited by anything. I was like, wow, I want, I want to live everything, every experience I had. I was like, this is super fun. Um, and I remember going in my first year on Chelsea and I was a producer's dream because you could tell me to do anything and I would have done it. 
because it was great. I was going to Croatia for six weeks in a villa with an infinity pool, things that I'd never really seen before and living this lavish lifestyle that, you know, you kind of have to put on, mm. especially even though it's kind of like, oh, that is your lifestyle, but it's not for everyone. And I remember just kind of living and breathing and just loving it. Um, but because of that, I think that's why I'm safer now and understand this TV world rather than if I wanted it so much, I think it would have destroyed me more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's why I think there's a difference between someone who wants to be in this world rather than it just happens. Yeah, because yeah. you never had an image of what it could have been or no. what it should have been or yeah. letting, you know, letting you down. So let's go back to the moments for both of you when you, you know, you finally said yes, whether it's taken a couple of years or whatever, and you've said, right, I'm going to do this. What was the first experience like for you? And what was going through your head afterwards? Like, was it a quick thing where you suddenly just made it? What was it like? To make the actual decision. After you've made the decision, once you've filmed or you've said yes or whatever. Um, you were sweaty and red. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Because oh, I, wa I watched him live, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, so I... Um... Yeah, that that I was pretty red in that first scene. Because you sun, didn't you sun down for like yeah, two Yeah, I, I basically, I was in like a holding villa because um, of COVID at the time. And you, you're there with like a chaperone uh, who just stays with you. I was in there for like, I think it was seven, eight days. Um, get so bored. But anyway, it's very much Love Island's what's happening in the villa. They react to who they bring in, right? So um, every day the producers will ask you like who your top three girls in the villa um, and as things sort of progress, um, you might get a call. So like literally the night before I was supposed to go in, they were like, you're going to go in tomorrow. Um, so I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, I, I don't look that tanned. I might, might get out in the sun. Um, so yeah, I went out, didn't put much sun cream on and got very burnt. And uh, my first, Big old first, lobster. Time, first time I came in, I was sweating. <laughs> Yeah, um, you were so good. Me and Ted yeah. watching, like, why is he like I shiny? I tell you what, though, that that actually my my first um sort of entry thing was actually really overwhelming. Um, like I was, I had to go on a date with all the girls at one time, and it was like, are you trying to set me up to fail here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how, like I couldn't do that. Like, even if I was like <laughs> some ridiculous woman yeah like, yeah do you know what i mean like it's, it's crazy it's a lot. but yeah. yeah it's a lot but um yeah that that was for me yeah you know what i i can it, weird enough um i had a similar experience to you like that yeah. when i did x on the beach because i had to do an entrance where i had to like they were in the villa and i had to open up and go hey everyone i'm here crashing the you know the villa and i was so nervous and i had done tv for like t two years prior to doing that show so i was used to cameras and stuff, but i was never i'd never done what you've done which was put a mic on and they film me 24 7 you go to bed you take your mic off you wake up you put your mic on that was something really new to me um one of my favorite experiences of tv so actually honestly x on the beach even though it's got a really bad like name for it it's one of the best shows i've done it was so much fun um and that i remember so the director on that did chelsea so i knew him and he was like, how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous. He gave me four, no, five tequila lime sodas. So I opened the door first for my first entrance. Couldn't open the door. So it's, it's me going, and everyone's looking up. This door going up, in and out. And then I couldn't open the door. And then they had to reshoot. And then it's me opening the door, battered. Just go, was it, was, oh. was it obvious you were drunk? Yeah, yeah you can see the really? clip. I'm just really, really drunk. Um, and it was, and I walked down, we were up, put my mic on. Could you string a sentence together? No, I uh, can't remember. 
can't remember. Oh but that was, I, I remember that feeling like, oh my God, you're gonna go out there now. It's like, that's more nerve wracking than, yeah. for example, what I'm doing Chelsea, which is... It's a bit more like yeah. preempt it, can't you? Yeah. But can you but... preempt how the public are going to take it? That's the bit I'm always curious about. Because like, so for example, I I, I speak on stage, right? So I can see straight away if an audience is getting it within minutes. We were saying this, that you're a really good speaker. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were actually chatting about this earlier. We were saying, um, seeing some of your stuff on Instagram and uh, think you're a great public speaker. Yeah, something that we yeah, yeah. definitely and, can't do. And we were trying to um, understand the difference between public speaking and speaking on a podcast. And I literally said what you said there, which is you can probably get a lot more feedback from yeah. the audience as mm. to like... Mm whether they're sort of like vibing with what you're saying or not whereas in a podcast you could say a whole podcast and someone would listen to it like this is shit yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it works both ways like, yeah, it's great because yeah, yeah. you can read the audience yeah the challenge though is it's so much more nerve-wracking because you've got an audience yeah. you know and if you get a heckler how you handle that how you all of that is a whole nother I, you, you've oh been heckled before oh my god yeah you've been heckled on what, stage what, what's the what's the worst heckle oh, I've had, the most I've difficult had, one to deal with i've had quite a lot this is like reverse podcasting i love it um, roles reversed um, so I've had two really interesting experiences one was when I had someone just stand up and say they outright disagreed with me that was really interesting um, but for me I understand human psychology quite a lot so I read an audience and I read a person which is why I love podcasting so I could read this person had an issue of significance. They wanted to be heard. They wanted to be seen because they've mm. been having their hand up the whole time. And yeah. I was ignoring it because when you're on stage, you're taught to only only open, open for questions when you need to, right? Mm. So um, so I basically just said, look, I, I hear you. It's my job to make sure that I support you in understanding this. So come up on stage and let me answer your question. And I just like gave them the significance. Within two minutes, they were like, oh my God, like, after I got them on stage, gave them a bit of coaching. Two minutes, three minutes, they were like, oh, thank you so much. It makes so much more sense. And then they asked to work with me afterwards. And oh, I was wow. like, I'm so grateful, but I just don't think it's going to work. Long yeah, time. Like, yeah. I was like, this is just not. Um, fair, so, yeah. Fair play to that person for getting up as well. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. like I, I, it sounded like that person was like giving it the big one. He's like, come on, say, he's like, I'm all right. Yeah. 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 I don't, I disagree. Yeah. Who? Not me. Not me. Not it's me. him. It's him. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think, I think the, the, the interesting thing with podcasting and, and being on camera really yeah. and public speaking is that as a public speaker I can adapt to the audience so if mm. I can see the audience if I've got half an hour let's say and I can see within five minutes they're not feeling it I can shake it up I can I can save it on camera you can't right because I mean how quick are these things recorded and released and what do you like what let's go back to the first time you were on camera and on and, and it got released were you watching it were you like curious to see how the audience was going to respond like oh, I'm dying to, like, obviously you can't watch it because it's live in live-ish in Love Island but mm. yeah let's talk about your first experience Miles will go so, first yeah my one was crazy I remember so the mine happened really quickly so from the day they asked me to come on the show and then me had my interview it was like a week until my first scene um, and I think I started like episode 2 or episode 3 on, from that season um, and they told me to come to Canary Wharf and I remember going I thought we were made in Chelsea why are we not in Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were in this rooftop bar I was with um Toff um, from Chelsea who did Um Celeb and all that. And this American girl called Mimi who was on the show at the time and James uh, Russell Taylor, <laughs> my good old pal. <laughs> Your favorite. And uh, we, were, we were having champagne and um, it was talking about like, oh, who's Miles and all that. I had a huge zit on my face as well. And I was really 
really annoyed about it because I was like really worried the night before and I was like, oh my God, I've got like this huge spot. It wasn't even a spot, it was a zip. <laughs> and uh, I remember just being a bit panicky, did the scene and you can tell in the first episode, I'm like shaking when they go cheers. I'm like, cheers, and I'm like kind of trembling. Um, but I was trying to play it really cool. Back then I still do this to this day. I'm like, yeah, my smiles and uh, I do marketing. <laughs> I was doing all this, I was 22, marketing, fuck off Mars. Um, and uh, so yeah, and then when it came out, cause it comes out like a month or two months later, and I got all my friends, all my buddies around um, to my house. And I remember going on my Instagram. I had 800 followers back then. And I went to 9,000 in one night. And I remember my phone switched off because I overheated because I had notifications on. So it just went, doo -doo 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 -doo. it was like con continuously like, who's Miles? Who's this French guy? Blah, 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 blah. And then I went on Twitter. And then you're like in this hole of like, you want validation. It, everything changed because I had never had it before. But to this day, like my mate says this to me, who I we were, uh, who I know from school, and he goes, "It's funny because if you look at your videos from Instagram, when you had like fifty people look at your stories, you still do the same thing to this day." So when I this is, I've got videos of this as well. It's literally me in the street talking like I don't always do here. So it's like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Blah blah blah. And I'm just talking to no one, <laughs> right? And then a year later, I was doing it on Chelsea, and then I still carried that out. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a crazy moment to like see yourself and then get all of this kind of, you're on the map all of a sudden. It's like from no one knows who you are to, okay, like the UK kind of know who you are now because you're on this one of the biggest shows. Um, and that was a very, again, I was so naive to it. So I was very just so excited and I didn't really care. And people loved me, people hated me. And then I fell into the kind of the hate category because I was kind of like the guy who's going to get your girlfriend. <laughs> so what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite crazy. The, um, like the carry that like a show like that has to translate to Instagram followers these days yeah. versus back then. Cause that's crazy from one episode. You one went episode. up to like 10 K basically. Yeah. I got to 10 K and I, I got to 30 K in, uh, a few weeks i remember yeah it just went straight up i was doesn't, lucky. doesn't work like that these days but i was super lucky i thought i always say this to the newbies who go into tv especially on old shows like love island or main chelsea um i was on the cuff of when tv became kind of like a known thing like oh it's tv no one really cares about it anymore mm -hmm. so instagram was still kind of newish when i did it six seven years ago and it was like that, I was so lucky to get loads of followers from that. Nowadays, we've got, you know, a new kid called Freddie's on the show. He's on maybe 20,000 followers and he's done two, three series. Mm. And he should be on way more than that. But it just doesn't work like that anymore mm. because no one cares. The game's always changing, isn't it? It yeah. always as, changes. As with, as with everything. Yeah. Mm. And um, I find it fascinating that these shows like continue mm. because, you know, some of them, I mean, I've been watching Main Chelsea for far too long. But it's I been 11 years. Even, yeah, I'm probably watching it. I'd probably say seven years maybe yeah. eight years and um and it, it's fascinating because the more i've got to meet people from reality tv like i've obviously interviewed now yourselves met you guys a little while ago interviewed some other reality tv stars from love island and other places and i'm like people are so different as what they're portrayed so far mm. who i've met so question what do, what is your um like knowing us from the beginning like you said you yeah. watched us ages ago to knowing us now mm. what are like 
oh God, do I want this on camera? No, I'm joking. Um, it's like the whole point of the show is yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, so yeah, let's bring be, it. Be as honest as you want. Yeah. Slate us. Yeah, I yeah. just think. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, get, get out of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Start taking everything down. I think, I actually think TV never portrays people in the same way, ever. Um, I feel like you guys are super down to earth and like really just like open. Like I can ask, I message you guys and I'm like, hey guys, I've got a question. What do you think of this? Mm. Very approachable, very down to earth. Whereas I think people come across, especially Chelsea, let's be honest, being Chelsea, yeah. people are made out to be. You Sorry, Charlie, for yeah. <laughs> But it, it, a lot of people, I mean, still watch it. Yeah. You know? Well, that's it, part of It's really the... good to watch it, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And every time I watch it, I can never just watch it. I'm always doing something else. I'm like, this is dull. And I still have to watch it every time. Like yeah. I'm still hooked on it. Yeah. And um, the thing I find fascinating though is, how much of it's real? How much is it is is staged? Like the bit I love, right? Especially because I've seen more TV behind the scenes recently. It's like when people come into a show, Love Island's a bit easier because people come into Love Island designed to come into Love Island. It's like, here's a new yeah. bombshell or whatever. Whereas Chelsea, it's like, here's my friend that I've met, but I've never met them. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, how how has it been for you guys to sort of see that and experience that sort of like the fakeness that comes with TV? Well, <laughs> I mean, you can talk to my manager <laughs> on my PR rule. I get, I look, I, I can probably talk about this more freely or I'm happy to because I'm not really in that game anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is very like certain programs are heavily produced. You get portrayed in a certain way when it's not really how you are. Um, and it is full of a lot of fake people. You can tell from a mile off who is there to make it in t make it like far in a program versus those people who are just on there who are a bit sort of naive mm. um and have just been sort of like thrown in and they're like what the fuck's going on yeah. um that was me <laughs> <laughs> can i ask you a question actually? yeah, yeah you've both yeah. been in relationships on tv yeah how real are the relationships like i always wonder do people meet off camera through like knowing each other like for example in chelsea that would be feasible and then it goes on camera or is it like people go oh like in love island you should go and get with that person like how real are the relationships and what it's what's it like <laughs> just don't, i don't know why you look to me like should we tell them <laughs> like, my, let me tell you from a public's perspective because the public gets so in invested mm. in a relationship on tv mm. in chelsea and in love island yeah i think um yeah, it, like with Love Island, it is, you know, it is quite produced, mm. you know. I feel like Love Island, and I, I can only speak from being around couples from Love Island and been talking to you about, you know, how it was for your experience. But I think it's sort of very much a, feels like a PR uh, when you come out of Love Island. It's like mm. it makes, we're, we're still relevant if we're still together. Right. And I think mm. that's happened for all. I mean, if you look at realistically the couples on Love Island who's lasted is very minimal. It's not a lot. Mm. Uh, there are a few, you know, there, I think there's like two or three couples who've got kids now, which is amazing. But, mm. you know, um, I think that show, because it's so heavily based on love. Yeah. That I when you come out of it, it's like you're forced to, oh, we, we're, the, we're the winning couple. We have to stay together. Look, so there are, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's that pressure, I think, because of like, brand deals etc but there are i think some genuine um couples that did get together do like each other and they've lasted like for sure mm. but i guess what i'm trying to say is for people that are kind of just there wasn't a natural draw mm. you're kind of pushed in a direction you know 
go on a date with this person you should speak to this person don't speak to that person that sort mm -hmm. of vibe interesting yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's hard though because i think oh, it's dating and tv doesn't work that's a clip for you there <laughs> you're welcome uh no but it it uh it doesn't i i i i i think it only works if you're able to separate them mm -hmm. if you are a and something that i think we do very well um and that i've been trying to do it for the last you know couple of years now is my tv life is my tv life and my off-screen life is my off-screen life um, and unfortunately, when you do have a relationship, it becomes both of them because you naturally have to share that, you know, love life on screen, regardless, even if you're still on screen, on screen, meaning social media, mm -hmm. meaning eyes on you, what events you're going to, parties, who's that next to you on your arm, that's still on screen. Mm -hmm. And then you have to keep your private life private. But to manage that you have to be really strong and people always think oh my god these celebs are super lucky and then all this and it's it's way harder i'd mm. rather be no one in a relationship than someone in a relationship because mm. it comes like my last relationship that's one of the main reasons why we ended was because the pressure of what this on-screen life comes with me mm. it didn't help it didn't work for her why are you smiling <laughs> no 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 I, i'm not smiling i was just gonna say like the way you need to look at it is no one wants to see a nice functioning normal relationship that's mm. just boring right sadly yeah yeah, truth, yeah like no one's going to tune in to see that are they so ultimately they're going to throw anything they can to mm. make things ruffle the feathers so it's like mar says it's kind of like destined for failure unless you can manage it correctly or you know what how the game works what to do yeah da -da -da. Mm. but i do think it's a highly sort of it is quite toxic to have anything serious mm. on tv i think yeah. yeah and you know we're talking a lot about tv i do want to talk about other stuff as well yeah but of course i think for this point i find it interesting whether people continue in tv or not because charlie you mentioned that you're, you can probably speak more openly because you're not going down that route yeah, yeah yeah miles you're very much going down that route what what have both been your decisions to go do you know what this is my career versus actually giving it a go it's not for me for whatever reason um so from my perspective obviously did love island that was a bit of like a, as we already discussed, I wasn't really expecting to do it. Um, came off that and I, myself and Miles sort of created Playtime, Playtime Productions, all this sort of stuff. Um, but for me personally, I, I lacked the structure that I had previously in my life um, with having like a corporate role. Um, I wasn't doing sort of, any tv off the back of it straight away mm. so i kind of with miles for example he's constantly doing tv stuff and stuff like that so he's got stuff going on i came off the back of it and i was a bit like what am i doing um yeah like the structure completely goes in it like a lot a lot of people will come off it and sort of just like ride the wave and then get to the end of the wave however long down the line it is and then be like oh shit what do i do now for me i was very much straight away like i need to get back into what i was doing um, and for me also, I've realized having done um, all the TV stuff, I'm not cut out for it. Like it's not my sort of, it's not my gig. Like I don't, um, I don't, I don't necessarily play into what is good for TV. That being, you know, actively seeking the drama or creating it. Mm. Um, 
and I don't think I'll ever be that person. So mm. I, I think for me, it was like a natural thing. It's amazing self-awareness though. And sometimes you have to learn that. Oh really. yeah, for sure. Like for me as well, that, that's a great point because um, I, if I'd never done that, I think I'd, I would always ha have had it in the back of my mind and been sort of like chasing that potential thing. Oh, I could go on TV. But having been through the process and learned a lot about myself, I'm now very sort of like, at peace and happy that I've done it and realized that that's not the right thing mm. for me. And now I know what I'm doing now is the right path. Mm, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And Miles, how did you decide that, you know, you've been in Chelsea for now for six years, I think you mentioned. Now going on other TV shows, yeah. Dancing on Ice, yeah, yeah. will have been out by the time this is released. So uh, yeah. that'll be a very exciting new milestone for you. What made you want to stay in reality TV? Um, well, you're good at it. I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I say sometimes. that I say that in in a try not to be too arrogant way. Um, I'm really good at TV. I, I'm very good at it, um, and that's because when I fell into it, like I said before, the whole being naive to TV and enjoyment of it, and I kind of understood it quite rapidly. Of like, oh, this is how it works. This is how I've got to do things, and this is how I kind of climb the ladder. Um, and I also saw the opportunity for me kind of reverse to uh charlie um i th i fear i feared life quite uh quite a lot uh i was in a really serious relationship i didn't know what i was doing in my life i was 22 and i was trying to find uh structure that never existed i have never had structure um so when i fell into the tv and it just worked everything worked and all the guys were I mean, still this, to this day, it's like, how, why does Mars do it well? And it's because I understood how to control it mm. and to use it to my benefit. And I think Charlie will agree on this is one, one thing I will say about reality TV is if you're a guy, it's, it's harder. It's way harder really? for a guy um, in terms of work, brand deals, um, creating a name for yourself, um, having a good edit. Girls have it easier. Um, people, audiences want to see women on TV more than guys. Guys are more kind of just the, the whatever, if it's definitely love story, it's about, oh, that guy messed you around or that's that, that's that dickhead or we don't like him, blah, blah, blah. We love her. Um, and it's always been like that. So it's really hard to navigate as a guy. Um, hence why there's a lot of, you know, guys on Chelsea or on TV who haven't got the biggest following, whereas girls, mm -hmm. they come on TV and they just get 100,000 followers straight away. And that for me when i got into it i enjoyed it i understood what it was and then i got approached to do other tv shows and i've done five or six other different tv shows now and then every time i go into a tv show i kind of understand that this is what it is and it's kind of um playing on that kind of fun and <clears throat> being naive to everything is still even though i know what's going on um and now what i've seen now which is the biggest shift is everyone keeps asking are you gonna continue chelsea are you not there's still press articles going miles has quit just because i said on one fucking podcast when i said yeah i think you know one day i'll i'll stop because yeah it's been six years i'm not gonna be on chelsea you know, until I don't want to be 30 on Chelsea, no offense temps, but he's started late. <laughs> um, but no, I don't want to do that. Um, but for example, why I, I'm so grateful for Dancing on Ice is Dancing on Ice is the first show that I've done, which has got nothing to do with love. It's got nothing to do with romance. It's got no, I'm not. Not yet anyway. Not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but it was the first time that, and also I think what I'm really excited about is people who are going to see the footage, like it's the goofy Mars. It's like the, I'm really just quite mature on it in, in a very fun way, not in like a, you know, uh, emotional way very just like having fun and just being me a bit which is mm. really nice and i think that's gonna kind of project my next kind of tv career mm. um i still want to do tv but i think it'll get to a stage where reality tv is gone but maybe do panel shows and do mm. studio shows that's more kind of mm. i think it's really good for you to do um something that diversifies your audience away from like from being like the womanizer mm. um it's <laughs> No, no, but I think I genuinely, no, no, that, yeah. that's not like a, that's no, no, a no, genuine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it would be really good. And also a question for you, sorry, taking over here. <laughs> um, if you were the miles at like, what was it, 18, 19 when you started? 22. 22. Say you were 22 now, Yeah. same situation, you got asked to go on TV, would you still go on? In this current environment that we in that this we, kind of environment. That we live right now. Say you're so 22, 22 you're now. You're 22 right now, you got asked to go on Chelsea, what do you do? That's a good question. Uh, oh, that's uh, twenty two now. <laughs> oh God, it's good. Uh, no, I probably hey. wouldn't. <laughs> You're like that's the answer I wanted. <laughs> um. What's different then? What's different between Miles Twenty Two the, then and Miles? The hard, the, the reason why this is a hard question to answer is because I everything I've lived through now, and if you're telling me I I I have the knowledge of what I've lived through, and I'm now I'm twenty two to go on the show, um, I'll put it. I actually look. It's a big. It's a wide answer. It's not a yes or no. Um, it's are you mentally tough? Are you mentally resilient? Um, can you deal with um, stressful situations? Um, are you okay with pretty much the whole world judging you of everything you do? Are you okay with never really having a private life? Um, are you okay for the fact that if you go to have five guys, there'll be a press article about you having a five guys with your mates? It's you're watched at every moment. Um, you'll be judged for everything you do and every opinion could have a huge backlash and um, you could get cancelled every second. Mm. So especially nowadays where everything is really even more monitored. Whereas back when I started, it wasn't really, mm. it was your freedom of speech was a little bit, you know, your, your right to, no, not freedom of speech, your right to opinion was better. One mm. thing that I think I struggle now today, and that we've had a struggle with our podcast is, you know, um, I don't mind you not agreeing with what I have to say. And I think it's great because it opens up to debate and you can learn from something from someone. Me and my sister have it all the time. We She's a, huge feminist and i love her to bits and i'll poke the bear all the time and we have these crazy heated debates and then i've learned something that from her side she's learned something from my side even if we still stand by what we think it's a great conversation and i think now that's in our day and age it's, it's gone you can't do that you can't not agree with someone it has to be oh, no i'm gonna counsel you because you're disgusting or you're because you think this way it's terrible yeah, yeah um so i think that's what i would say in the in answering your question is yeah no in that sense because mm. you you don't you, you can't really speak freely anymore mm. and yes do it because 
you have no idea what you can do. Like I'm doing this amazing production company with my, my two best mates and I've got a podcast and I'm able to do businesses that I would never have been able to do because it mm. gives you a jump start and you know, it has its perks. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. it's it's a hard one. It really is. Um, yeah. But then I go back to 22, 22 year old me. Oh my God. I would, if that day happened again, I'd be like, yes. Really? 100%. I think as well, like a lot of people see reality TV, again, as a member of the public, who see it and they're like, oh my God, you've been on Made in Chelsea or Love Island. You must be minted. You must be forever having money. You're never gonna have to worry about money again, you know? And from what I've learned from getting to know people, that's not true. Mm. And I think I... I want to ask you guys, like, from your perspective, I'm not going to be like, now tell me how much you earn or any of that shit, but it's like... Let me do my bank account. 500 <laughs> grand a month. Yeah, easy. Right? On but a bad day. I think that's why a lot of people start their own businesses because we want to have the freedom, financial freedom mm. and time freedom and, you know, just choices. Whereas I think actually reality TV isn't all it's cracked up to be when it no, comes to No, it's an image. Side. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think... Um... It's interesting with Love Island and also being Chelsea because they're two different dynamics. And I think with Love Island, a lot of people back in the day would go on the show, make loads of money short term and it'd be highly lucrative. But nowadays, that's not the case at all. Um, yeah, back then you'll they be... would make so yeah. much money because it, was, it wasn't it was brand deals for, in, uh, for Instagram. It was a campaign deal you'd get with a big company and it, 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 it the thing is it was far less saturated so you'd have yeah like it, it would be more eyes on those people and i don't know it's definitely diluted over the years for me to be completely transparent i did think i'd go on and make like more money than i did short term um and like obviously pretty much everyone on that program they say they go on for love but yeah you know you go on it like for the plat to build a platform, oh. um, all that sort of stuff. Make them dull. Um, you you're like you be, be naive to believe everyone that says they went on there genuinely for love. I don't yeah. think I don't I don't know anyone really that has gone on it for like the genuine purpose. Like you got to take it with a pinch of salt. So I think the expectations for me were less coming off it than I thought they'd be. And then also going into Chelsea, for example, I feel like there's there are some people on there who come from very wealthy backgrounds. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people aren't as wealthy or make as much money as you think they would do. Mm -hmm. It's like the image, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it, it's so interesting. It's like when you see celebrities, actors, musicians, all these things, and it's like because you're watching their life and it's glamorized and it looks like this, wow, it's expected oh that person makes loads of money mm. um oh my god i've been I, I remember my first year doing chelsea i mean i can't say the number because this is you know my contract but you know pe people who think you make money doing chelsea is i mean you know it's, you don't it's what comes with chelsea then if you capitalize mm. on it yes you can make money mm. but but this is the whole thing because back in the day that was worth it because yeah. the exposure that and the benefits you got from going on site yeah. was far greater than it is now. Oh, yeah. It has declined so much in terms of like Massively. what it converts like, to. What, uh, like even with like the followers and also the amount, the saturation yeah. in the market of people mm -hmm. like that, that it's just so much less. 100%. Like even like we were having a conversation like in terms of like brand deals, you were yeah. saying compared to when you first did TV to now, 
they're like it's way less like way less way less of a common flow of them coming through yeah and, it, and not and, that you don't still do well but it's just not as much of a yeah. an active thing oh yeah it? that's why i go from being a girl or a guy girls have brand deals as soon as they come out because mm. uh there's more to sell um in terms of fashion skincare um makeup t- all of that men you can do fashion not very well paid you'll do tech stuff but not really um and then you'll do pas on the mm. offcom like it's it's a very hard thing to do but back then i remember even when i just had i think i had like 20,000 followers at this stage i was in croatia um i got my first brand deal which was uh, daniel wellington the watch and um to get a brand deal when you have 20k is is amazing mm. like um and i think they paid me 2 grand at the time um which is a lot of money and i remember going damn you know super excited took some pictures and it was like this whole swipe thing on my instagram um and it was easier because like you said there were you know nowadays there's an influence every single day there's a new influencer and it's not just tv influencers now now it's digital now it's mm-hmm. you know youtubers were once a thing now it's tiktokers you know um and the money you can make on tiktok is incredible mm. if you have the time and the patience to be doing lives mm. and asking people to gift you um but uh it's 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 a crazy world we live in now in terms of influencing in terms of being a celebrity or public mm. figure whatever you want to call it like i hate the word influencer i mm. don't even though i influence i don't like being an influencer i prefer a public figure i like but all that um it's the money is you've got to you've got to go in with a plan my dad the first time i did uh, my first year on chelsea said you've got to think of a business enjoy it treat it like a business play some productions play some productions <laughs> funny enough i had a production company before this um called enough said enough said productions and enough it was from, said yeah and you'd that's go an, that's that's a so i was a uh we had a um live it, it wasn't enough said, bro. It was so enough said, but it was enough said. And it was a um, live lounge thing. So we had mm-hmm. artists come in into our studio, perform. Um, and it's on YouTube. If you type in enough said productions, it's me and my two other founders um, who stole all my equipment and went to Paris. Anyway, uh, no, um, but yeah, what I'm saying is um, it's a very. What are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying with the, with the money thing, it, I want to explain it more, but it's hard to explain it without saying too much because i don't want to you know i've got to be careful obviously what i say but um it is incredibly difficult mm-hmm. and i think for anyone who listens to this or watching this if you think all celebs or all reality stars are minted and killing it and caking it in money they're not mm-hmm. the the thing is as well right i that i find um interesting is a lot of people when they take the dive into like post being on love island or something like that I get the sense that a lot of people almost feel ashamed to go back into a, a proper normal job um, or something like that. And they might be putting across this image that they're like living this crazy life post being on a TV show. But a lot of the time, it's a lot, lot less than you think. Um, it's quite deceiving. And there's a very, there's no, um, there's no problem with doing something like that and going back to something normal or like pursuing something else um at the end of the day it's you shouldn't care about what other other people think about you or the decisions you want to make i did personally actually find that quite a difficult thing to dive back into having like a normal career but it turns out to be the best thing for me is anyway but 
um i feel like a lot of people have that mental block because they don't want to be seen to be like mm. oh i didn't mm. i didn't smash it, it. exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. especially and, in a, when you're in the public eye because you know people are watching yeah yeah for sure and it's like it's just um get you just need to get to that stage where you're just like you know you're you go on something like a tv show and you're it naturally i remember like sort of post six months being on on love island i was probably the most insecure and like under like most self-conscious person i've ever been in my life just because i i was subject to so much like change and like reassessing what i'm doing in my life but once you come through that and have a bit more self-awareness and understand what's going on and realize that you just need to sort of pursue what you want to do as opposed to what i need to play up to mm -hmm. image wise mm -hmm. you start to become way more like it all makes sense you're like why did i care about that yeah i always put it down to self-awareness like yeah for me speaking on stages like, i know i've been speaking on stages for four years now i know when i speak on a stage i'm gonna feel amazing for about a week and i'm gonna have a come down i will always mm. because you go from having this massive load of validation and like mm. for me people come up to me at, when i'm at the event like it's like hundreds of people when they're on TV, obviously it's in your DMs or it's in the followers. Mm. And so you get so much, I get so much physical validation and like people looking in awe and wanting me to sign books and shit mm. like that. And I'm like, wow. And then I know, cause I've done it for so long now. So you kind of have to come up with a plan. And it's similar to what you mentioned, like when going on TV, like your dad, have a business, have a strategy. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people, obviously I mentor a lot of people who write books, publish books. They expect the book is going to change their life forever. Now I'm not saying it's not, but you get this massive influx of, wow, you've written a book. And I always say to them, I try not to be like the, you know, the downer, a bit like back to reality, but I'm like, what's coming next? How are you going to ride the wave? And I think a lot of people think, oh, it would all be well and good if I had 100,000 followers or be so much easier if I was on TV. Would it though? You know, mm. because it's just another platform. You've still got to have the strategy. You've still got to have the plan. I mean, the, the proof is in some some of these influencers, you've got pe influencers who've got millions of followers, you do nothing. Mm. Like, I, I know people who have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers and they've they they don't do anything they don't have anything there's no structure there's no business plan there's nothing there there's no money because they don't know what to do with it mm -hmm. so it's all well and good being like i oh if only i had a hundred thousand followers or if i had this money or had that it's like okay what do you do with it though mm -hmm. that's where the expertise is yeah. is is understanding okay i have a push here because of something uh, because i'm on tv because i have this whatever how do i, I manage that mm -hmm. yeah i think also um i was listening to a podcast recently and it was saying how there's going to be a big shift towards sort of like micro influencers and people that it have, already has yeah 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 and it's going to be more so sort of <laughs> it's going to be more so sort of uh 2024 that's going to be the landscape of like this sort of industry um because i i can see it firsthand like from being on a, a lot of peers who i went on tv with like engagement drops off like a cliff um and you might have like hundreds of thousands or millions of followers mm. but like your engagement shit yeah versus someone who's got 20k followers the most engaged following it's super genuine it's not like this short-term um boot like uptick in you know fame or whatever um so they're they're not as invested, you know. So well, one thing, one thing you'll notice of why YouTubers do better than any anyone in yeah. that industry is because the gradual growth 
is the loyal fans that will follow you for years and years and years. Yeah. Whereas the straight away, here's 500,000 followers. As soon as you're not relevant anymore, you drop and no one cares. Exactly. Mm. Um, so that growth of like slowly growing, you know, mm. 10K to 20K months later, and people are like, oh my God, I love this person. And you're building that kind of community. Mm. The bigger community you have, the bigger opportunities you'll have. And it's way better. I mean, I've got a friend who's got like under 10K followers and he's doing brand deals with Bentley. Yeah, exactly. Got five grand for that. Mm. I was like, yeah. bro, you should have like given me that contact. <laughs> I'm more expensive. It, <laughs> it is about though, like being honest with it as well. Cause I find that's the reason I created the Inspired By shows. Cause I got to meet, particularly speaking on stages behind the stage, like, you know, in the green room where everyone's having a drink and they're non-alcoholic drinks before anyone goes on stage, but they just put that out there. Um, and you speak to them behind the stage and they're like, oh yeah, I really need this to go well because I really need to get this many sales and da, da, da. And I can see them shitting themselves. Like they're genuinely not yeah. in a best space. And then they go on and I kid you not, the minute the curtain check that opens, they're just a different person. Mm. And I was like, I just want to create more raw and real and more honest. And I appreciate you, Charlie, for speaking so openly about the fact that how you felt going into your career again after the thought of what you thought it would be. Because I think a lot of people don't ever admit that. And so they have this, in this outside image of yeah, but this is the dream and I'm living the dream. Internally, they're like, I'm not, but I don't want to tell anyone. And I think it's that shift, isn't it? Because you do have to be a bit careful with what you put out when everyone is listening and watching. Because, you know, you can't delete it five minutes and hope no one sees it because in those five minutes, people, a lot of people can see it, press can get it and whatever else. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I think more people should be like transparent when they come off stuff like that because it's, I feel like for me, I, I struggled for it for a while, but it's like, it's kind of a maturity thing as well. Like, um but you gotta remember you went on love island at age 27 right 28 27 28 28 majority of the people on love island are 22 or yeah 18. well there's a few people on my season that were like my age so like jay jay Davide. yeah Davide is, i thought he was younger i thought he was like 25 uh, she's like 27 i think okay I, yeah. I don't know maybe i'm wrong okay um but, but yeah feel like people... no i i agree with you completely i yeah. feel like i feel like there's a lot of um like, I feel like your people will go through the same process, but further down the line, it's better just to be sort of, um, be sort of like real with the situation as opposed to delaying it and then being like, say five, 10 years down the line and being like, fuck, I should have really addressed this a lot earlier. And now I'm yeah. in this situation where I'm like, I've basically done nothing for the last five years. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I, 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 I agree completely. But then there's another side to it, and uh, my dad says this all, all the time to me. He goes, "You're fake rich." Um, you guys in French he goes, "Fourish, fourish," um, and it's basically fake it until you make it. Yeah, uh, that whole saying. And when I started TV, it was very much fake until you make it yeah. mentality. Um, and now I've made it in my own way. Mm. Um, I'm so glad I kind of did not necessarily not come to terms with myself of like, this is reality, whatever, you know, what you were saying, but it was more just under, it's kind of understanding the industry. I feel like once you get it, mm. you can navigate it to your disposal and yeah. you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. And you can, you can really, really mm. benefit from it. Yeah. If you can't manage it, that's where you shoot down your permit and no one cares about you anymore. Yeah, for sure. No, what I was saying there wasn't directed at you. No, no, no. I know you're. I was, was just. It was more it. to people that have been on uh, reality TV shows 
that are no longer doing TV stuff and are sort of like still riding the wave. I'm living this influencer life. A lot of people still do really well. I'm not like hating on them or anything like that. I'm just saying like th there's certainly a few like people that. But could I feel do bad. The, it's a struggle. Yeah, for sure. It's it a struggle, is a struggle, man. You know, I feel bad for struggle. these influencers yeah, yeah, yeah. who are who got this amazing platform and they also stupidly went with a management who didn't care about them, who cared about them when they were hot minute. Oh yeah. And then didn't wow. disregarded them now because like, oh, you're, it's the next oven now. We don't really care. 100%. And that's really like, I see them out and about and I'm like, God, you, you live up for that one night out. You go to a club where five people recognize you mm. because that's what you all you have. Because five years ago, you were on Love Island or you were on another show. And it's really difficult because there's a sense of pride of like, I did this. Why am I not yeah. Molly May? Or why am I not, you know, mm. whoever? I don't, I don't know anyone yeah. who, who is anyone. But, but like, that's what I'm saying. And it's, it's to like you were saying, can't just realize that you've got to understand that that's not your life anymore and you've got to maybe go back into the real world or work yeah. and job. it's hard man that, that being said having just thought about it that's probably the difference between people who go on it for the wrong reason versus those that are sort of just like we're never planning to yeah yeah because for example jay who's one of my uh, good friends he was in exactly the same scenario as me he wasn't planning on it he was just like whatever what will be will be uh came off went straight back to work similar to myself and we're just like that was wild. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty wild experience. Like, back to it, though. Um, Is that, he's killing it. Yeah, and, exactly, and, and, yeah. and I almost, you kind of respect him. Like, yeah, of you course. Respect he's, both of you going like, oh, he's, sweet. He's like uh, the most genuine guy, like, ever. Oh, like, he's so nice. Yeah, yeah. He's so lovely. Um, I think that that's the beautiful thing about the situations you guys are both in, because you've both seen it from different perspectives, gone different directions, and also, but yet still finding a collaboration and a pretty incredible journey that you guys are on now with Playtime. Mm. Um, I know we're probably way over time. I'm, it's all good. I, I know just... It's our studio. Don't worry about yeah. it. We're not going to get kicked out, right? <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, yeah. We're not fired. Like, guys, <laughs> want to go home. Um, so obviously you were friends from the reality TV shows that you knew each other through and whatever. Mm. Why Playtime podcast first? Because that Playtime podcast came before Playtime Productions. So... What happened? What came first? The egg or the chicken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chicken or the egg. So um, basically, Miles and I used to hang out all the time at his place. We used to gym together. Yeah. We used to literally do everything together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we used to be back at his flat, just like messing about, yeah. chatting. Having wagamamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. like, we were like, one day, I think I was just like, should we just like do a podcast and well, just film what we're... We, because, th so this happened in the stint when he was, he just came out of Love Island and for six months, you didn't have a structure of, yeah, of work, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were also still figuring it out, what am I doing? And uh, I was trying to help you out as well with like um, influencing and like what, you remember you did a day of influencing, we did photos, it was like six hours, you're like, wow, I was exhausted. <laughs> I was like, I told you, it's not that easy being an influencer. <laughs> but, um, and we were, because we were, chatting shit most of the day and it was really fun and we were having that time was it summer as well it, it was, was summer end of summer at that point as well we were both very single we yeah. were like a lot of our chats like, about dating we're talking and... about dating girls that type of stuff we we're, were a little bit yeah. like a little bit less mature than we yeah. are now as well and and it was charlie who came up to me and said uh why don't we start a podcast and i was like yeah cool i had i was a bit I wasn't really sure about it because I tried to do a podcast a year prior with another friend and it didn't work out. It's really complicated to start a podcast, as you know. Um, and there's a lot of work into it. There's a lot of money into it. There's loads of things. Um, and 
I was like, okay, cool. And we, we sat on it for a couple of months, for sure. And mm. we every time we met, we'd be like, okay, this what topics, this is what we do, this is the name. And the name, oh my God, it took us so long. But, and then one day you went, playtime. And we, and we both went. I, I remember so clearly when we were outside. Outside my flat. And we were like, that's it. That's the one. That's, that's the run. We got yeah, playtime. Yeah. And, and then what happened was we then went to, uh, I said, I don't want to get to you. I want to buy the equipment. Um, so I did a personal investment, bought our mics, um, no cameras, just the mics and the system to plug everything in. Um, and we recorded at my flat, which was probably one of my favorite day, most of the favorite days. Cause it was very like on the couch, just chatting. And like, we had our iPhones for the cameras, which by the way, if you're starting a podcast and you don't, you know, obviously come to place and productions later on, but if you, <laughs> you know, on a very small budget, one thing, a little, um, a little intel in this is is iPhones film continuously without stopping, so you don't have to worry about normal camcorders come sometimes stop at twenty five minutes DSLRs, whereas a cam uh, iPhone can record. Obviously, you've got data, um, well, space, so those those you literally put them on landscape, film the whole thing, no problem, and we did that, and it was just fun. Yeah, you know, did, like it took a few takes for us to get it. We and uh... <laughs> it took us. Many say like I I haven't actually listened back to our first podcast, but we have to, we have to honestly it. like Miles is a bit more camera trained, but I think you were still a bit like yeah, wooden. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was terrible. Oh my god, like, I couldn't relax in front of the camera. I was like, uh, you, uh, couldn't yeah, speak. Yeah, um, yeah. but we've both improved miles since then. Yeah. Uh, excuse the pun. <laughs> um, but um, basically off the back of that. We, um, I remember this, I remember the day. Yeah. Happened. So we, we, um, my friend, Emily Blackwell, um, also on Chelsea, she asked, we got on the episode, um, and she was asking how to create a podcast. She was interested in making one and she was like, could you help? So we said, we'd help you do a pilot. So we did a 20 minute episode for her, recorded it. Um, and then she wanted to send it to an agency to see if it get picked up. It's a different type of way of doing, um, podcasting. Um, and I remember people kept on asking, how do you podcast all this? And I remember sitting on the counter, my kitchen counter, we've just finished filming her episode and we were all there talking with Laurie and Charlie. And we were like, why don't we just help people make, we've got all the equipment. And also Charlie, so Laurie had just come on. Also, we, we got to a point where we were filming on our phones and then Laurie came in because I knew him because he helped me try to do my podcast the year before and it was terrible it never worked out and i was like i know this guy so he came in he's got all his cameras he had you know the cameras that we had well these are new ones but he had his three cameras set up so he comes to the house every week filmed and then we kind of just said why don't we help people create podcasts because emily wanted one and yeah the and the i'd say the the main thing that we wanted to address was we realized how expensive it is first up and how difficult it is to coordinate all yeah. the different elements so with producing a podcast if you don't know you obviously need to have the equipment the cameras the producer the cameraman the editors someone coordinating all of this to make sure it's all running smoothly and streamlined the audio the studio the audio how to distribute it there's multiple different elements and what we wanted to do was centralize it in one place the podcaster turns up we literally handle the rest and they just pay us on a monthly basis and it's supposed to streamline the whole process and um yeah basically make it easier for people to be able to podcast who aren't already established um mm. 
because that's you know there's a huge demand to create a podcast these days but it's quite difficult to get on that platform so we wanted to like lower the barriers to entry and make it more accessible to people mm. and it's turned out to be a really popular concept and um having sort of launched it we obviously have some great clients on board like yourself um and we got to the stage where we're sort of like streamlining processes to be able to sort of scale it but the sort of proof of concept that you know there's a demand for it and people want to do it is is there and it's it's super exciting mm. yeah because we we were i remember when we did the official first email consultation thing which is uh when you sign up to um playtime on our website you get a free call with us and then we chat through your podcast like we've done with you and we mm -hmm. say what do you want to do and then we help you and blah, blah blah um we expected it to just be influencers messaging us being like we want this and we want that and then it was just such a diverse different group of people yeah um and we also thought it was just going to be these people who didn't weren't really serious about making podcasts and we're like okay we'll see what happens and it was really really amazing and the clients that we have on board now is is insane mm. um everyone's gone from different backgrounds everyone's very inspiring in their own way um and we've got big plans to scale it obviously but one thing i will say is a even though coming from creating our own podcast now distributing podcasts for other people we've come in with our own issues and trying to make it a really easy process and learning yeah. this side of the business has been incredible for all three of us for sure i think um you know i i always saw that advice you know when you start your own business you'll come across all these issues i was like oh come on so true yeah so true. yeah i was like oh, that's not gonna be me shut up yeah um, <laughs> and um it's it's so so true like there are oh. just like small little teething issues every that you don't, day <laughs> you don't you don't really realize until you go through the process of doing it yeah and um, the smallest things um and yeah it's it's a really great process and just i don't know it's very exciting doing something that's like ours yeah um yeah. that has like some legs to it so yeah I, i'm really excited for you guys because obviously i've come on board fairly early in the mm. playtime productions career and mm. in, in the the life of it and i'm sure yeah. it will go on for a hell of a lot longer and with me there and it's been funny because i've been running my own book publishing agency for four years now i've been in business seven years and so i've been on the journey of the teething challenges a done for you service mm. people involved different characters different yeah. perspectives different expectations and um and i think it's something that is it's it's so interesting to see someone else go through it as well because what you guys have gone through we've yeah. spoken i'm like oh i remember that yeah. oh yeah. yeah and like firing clients and hiring clients being yeah. like, oh actually they're my favorite client or, yeah oh that's a dream client you know yeah. that's not a dream client yeah. i think business is never easy and I, I really appreciate you saying that because i never had a clue really when i started business yeah. and a lot of people were like oh it's gonna be hard or you're gonna get this and i was like really am i and then you live it you're like oh yeah that, you know what that was what uh, everyone was wanting <laughs> me about yeah because yeah. when you when you see these like motivational speeches and then they're like yeah you know, be prepared to to work late and long hours, and all this. And I was like, oh, come on, like, this is easy. It's something we love to do and all that. <laughs> <laughs> because one thing that you've got to remember, like, also Charlie and, and Laurie, we all have our separate jobs outside of mm -hmm. Playtime Productions. And obviously we, we're working towards Playtime to be more very much, this is it, all of, like, more full time. Um, so it, it that was something, a challenge, mm -hmm. being able to create the company that we have now and you know also the future of where it needs to be having that and other jobs and things that we're doing on the on the side yeah. Yeah. is yeah like you're you know it's it's sunday and we'll we'll be on we we'll be on we we'll were on a three and a half three and a half hour call the other day with the whole team things and it's just like 
problems, solutions, pro and then you think you've got everything sorted. And then today, you know, I I got a message. And I was like, oh my god, okay, we've got to sort this out. We've got a meeting after this. And we've got to, do and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of, and yeah, it's constantly, is, yeah. you know, yeah. And one of the things that someone people always say to me, or oh, what would you recommend about personal development? Like, how would I develop myself? I'm like, start a business. Yeah, like you will learn so much about yourself. Yeah. On camera, off camera, you know, front of people, you just you just never know who you really are until you're running a business. 100%. I think you think you're you're stretched yeah. to your limits in so many different ways. And also, Marge, you talked about it a little bit relationships wise with with you know being in the public eye, but business is the same. Like mm. your other half's often. I'm very fortunate. My other half really gets it. it. Was his? It was actually his idea for me to start a business. So he was kind of like anytime I was working late, I was like, it's your fucking fault, not yeah. mine. Yeah. But a lot of people struggle with that because you have to like give so much to your business this is your baby isn't it exactly essentially and you then have to understand what is your priority list right mm. you know family friends social life loved ones mm. business where like in that order yeah. whatever the order is for you where is the order yeah and yeah. we're lucky we're single so for example right now it's business first up, up there <laughs> yeah. um but like it's i think I, I i actually have found this interesting though being so busy dating i don't know if you've found this but because we are so busy with plays and productions, plays and podcasts, then our other job, um, dating has been like the communication with when you're with someone and you're like working late, you can't see them on weekends because you're we're here on Sundays. We're here every week, every Sunday. Certain things like that, it's like quite impossible. And some people don't get it. It's like, why can't I see you? It's like, well, have a business. <laughs> yeah, I, I think also though, um, it's difficult, but. It's also a privilege to be in the position we're in, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's what I always like. People say to me, like, oh, you're so busy at the moment, like you're working on weekends and stuff like that. Mm. But I'm like, I'm it's exciting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um and a lot of business owners were killed to be busy. Yeah. Right. If you think about businesses that are going down, oh, yeah. like whenever I have a wobble, because I like to call them wobbles rather than breakdowns. So I'm like, <laughs> whenever I have a wobble, I'm like, I know that if I wasn't busy, I'd be worried. So this is a good yeah. thing. Mm. My mum says to me, she always goes, um, enjoy when so when i don't have a lot on i panic i don't like it i'm like where you remember when i went skiing i yeah. had a really bad time i was changing management company i was going the whole life was kind of turning upside down and when i don't when i'm not busy i feel really weird and worried i don't know what's going on um and now I've, this is probably the busiest time i've ever been in my life and i keep thinking about those words from my mom going like enjoy when you have got nothing on because my god like even yesterday, I had half a day where I was, I had like three, four hours of doing nothing and still I'm on my emails or I'm texting, mm -hmm. making sure things are getting done. Um, oh, I can't wait to have like a weekend off or holiday. My God, <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's about prioritizing that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, making the space for it. Well, guys, I've had a great time. Yeah, sorry. We could literally. Sorry, no, sorry, I feel like this has been like inspired by and playtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one. We should put our one up at the <laughs> yeah. same time. A collab one, yeah. I think it's been it's been great having you guys on. Thank I you. love the honesty. I love the way we've just sort of like flowed through the conversations. Now, um, obviously today we've been inspired by you both. So thank you so much for taking the time out to come to your own studio to talk about your studio. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> um, I'd love to know from you guys. We have a final question that we ask all our guests. Who do you know that has an inspiring story that we should have on the show next? So, because I've done no research on this. <laughs> <laughs> and on the top of my head. 
<laughs> just the heads up for 40 minutes before this we knew this was gonna come up we're like who do we who do we say yeah um, we literally like searching for <laughs> yeah because you know so many because we know people. so many inspiring people. um so i will say <laughs> but for me in terms of knowing your podcast uh i think someone that would be very very different to people that you've had on and someone also i think who would be very open to being completely honest and you'll get a real raw person is lottie moss um i've known her for a few years now she's a, a great person amazing person and i think she's got a lot more to say and tell i've seen a lot of interviews she's done i think um with the way you interview i think you'd get something more out of her which would be great to see so on to me uh i had two suggestions um one actually sprung to mind while we we're talking i think an interesting to per person to talk to would actually be harvey armstrong because he's got, gone through the process of going on a tv program creating a business which is prime time mm. um be interesting to talk about the trials and tribulations with that um i also mentioned this is such a random one as well uh tonya buxton antigone's <laughs> Woo, <Tonya. Yeah. laughs> i don't know i don't know why i just I was, I was looking through and I was like, I think she'd be great on a podcast. Yeah, she's great. She's lovely. Um, and I think you'd have a good conversation with her because she's like a very successful chef, like been through like all that sort of industry. So yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you guys. No worries. Handful there. So I'll definitely be getting in touch. Messaging us to yeah. message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. that's part of yeah, the deal part of the run thing. this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, guys. It's been no great worries. having you. Thank you, you so I'm much. Really excited to uh, see where Playtime Productions and Inspired by go from here 100% thanks Thank so much you.